the country with your host, Dave Woods. This is the radio show where country music gets up close and personal. Spend some time in the country and get to know our guests. Spend some time in the country where the music's the best. The latest news and memories to great stories that get told. Spend some time in the country, now it's time we start the show. Welcome to this episode of In the Country. Be sure to check out past and current episodes of the show at iTunes. On this edition, the Abrams, John and James Abrams from Ontario, they released a self-titled EP featuring a great song that's getting a lot of radio airplay. It's called Fine, and there's an amazing video that goes with it, all shot in one shot. We'll talk all about that on the show. Stay tuned. But up first, my pleasure to welcome to the show one of the authors of the Ontario Craft Beer Guide. She's also a beer columnist for Metroland North Media and Torontoist. Welcome to the show, Robin LeBlanc. Hi, Dave. Thanks for having me on. It is great to have you here, Robin. Man, this book is amazing. How much work went into putting this together? Oh, quite a lot, actually. It, it took probably <laughs> about a few months, well, definitely a lot of research as well, but it took a few months... Uh, of just sort of intense research and just sort of figuring out how many breweries we had uh, that actually like still functioned and sold beer and uh, then finding out their contact info and getting a hold of them and acquiring, you know, samples of the beer so we could actually do the uh, review portion. People who are looking to find great breweries, craft beer, can look at this guide and find all these places in Ontario ratings about the beer and it's a really helpful guide to learning about, uh, you know, where to go and what to taste and trying new things as far as beer goes. Let's talk, first of all, about defining what craft beer is. There's several sort of like schools of thought on that. There's always um, a bit of an argument over what that is. But sort of mm-hmm. the most, one of the most traditional, uh, I guess, definitions is essentially small and independent. Uh, so not owned by a big corporation, you know, like say Molson or Labatt or anything like that. That's usually the, the safe bet. I mean, there's the Brewers Association out of America has its own definition, which is, you know, like about, you know, production limits and all that stuff, but they've consistently changed that. So yeah, I, I tend to stick with small and independent. And we talked about the work that went into this, the research, obviously over a, a certain period of time, I think it was four to five months you and your co-author, Jordan St. John, went to these breweries and you basically sampled beer to, to obviously get your research done and then put together the book. We visited as many of the breweries as possible, whichever ones we couldn't um, get to. We contacted directly to have them arrange to deliver beers to us. We aimed for sort of a limit of up to eight beers per brewery. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, essentially just samples, uh, both Jordan and I collectively, we have about 11 or 12 years experience writing about beer and reviewing beer. So uh, we put our heads together and uh, put together the book. And whereabouts can uh, our listeners find this book? In all good bookstores. Um, I think currently right now, actually, the the first uh, day it actually came out on the 14th of May, uh, it sold out on Amazon within the first day, which is fantastic. But uh, it's definitely in bookstores, both, both independent and not. Uh, we'll actually be seeing them in uh, in the breweries retail shops themselves. That definitely select breweries have them. Uh, also select locations of Loblaws and Costco throughout uh, the province. Oh, great! 
And let's talk about the yeah. explosion of small breweries since, I guess, 2007. But even the last couple of years, you're telling mm-hmm. me before we came on the air, it's really growing even more. Maybe talk about just that popularity of, of these craft beer breweries. Well, I think it's just sort of been become sort of the natural um, school of thought that people seem to be taking, where we're actually thinking a lot more, for instance, about our food, you know, where that comes from. Um, you know, is it local? Is it, you know, organic? Is it well-made? Uh, likewise, we've been thinking about wines and spirits, you know, on just sort of a more localized um, view, you know, for instance, with wines with mm-hmm. Ontario. So naturally, I think it, it would have to go then to beer because we definitely have a very thriving beer industry. Um, it makes sense, too, that if you're caring so much about, you know, for instance, localized food and stuff like that, you know, you don't want, you know, a, a Molson or, or a Coors, which, you know, aren't really local. So I think definitely the popularity through that has, has exploded. But yeah, definitely within the past five years, so much has changed. There have been like some breweries that, you know, essentially wanted to get their, their feet wet a little by, you know, coming out with a more American style hoppy IPA. And um, mm-hmm. that style has exploded, you know, and we've been seeing such a, a great emerging of these amazing styles that are coming out now that are full of amazing, bold flavors. Yeah, let's talk about the flavors because there are some really original and cool flavors uh, with craft beer. And, you know, when I drink wine or beer, I always want to be able to be good like you are at explaining the uh, different tastes. You know, I know I enjoy it, but it's hard to describe. You're good at that, right? You can you can sort of talk about a beer and the different flavors it has. I mean, it, it, it's essentially all about just figuring out what they are and stuff like that. I, it, you know, I mean, there's like beers that definitely – uh, have a huge amount of, say, citrus or uh, notes of, like, tropical fruits like mango and uh, pineapple, stuff like that. So, I mean, for the most part, it's essentially just tasting it, trying to figure it out, and, you know, every now and then, you know, turning to the person you're with or whatever, get them to try it and see if uh, you both can spot it. I'm speaking with Robin LeBlanc, co-author, along with Jordan St. John of the Ontario Craft Beer Guide, which is out now. The purpose of this book is obviously to let people know about the great breweries around. What's the best way, Robin, somebody could use this book? You know, read a brewery that might appeal to them, and then you know, on a weekend, head out there, maybe head out to a couple of them. Well, yeah, I think this book is definitely um, perfect for planning a road trip. Um, I, I know that one thing that I would actually love to do is uh, from here in Toronto go up to Manitoulin Island by way of Collingwood and Tabermory. Um, mm. So in Collingwood, there's some fantastic breweries there. There's Side Launch Brewing. There's also uh, the Collingwood Brewery, of course. Uh, in Tabermory, there's a lovely brew pub right by the, um, right by the docks, which is re- also right by the Bruce Peninsula, um, called actually Tabermory. And um, then take the ferry all the way to Manitoulin Island. You see beautiful parts of this province that you never would have gone to before. And, of course, there's breweries in Manitoulin Island as well. What a great idea. And let's talk about uh, maybe the top five breweries that are out there. You list them in the book. I think you've got the top ten in as far as ratings go. Do you want to share a couple of those and uh, you know places that our listeners should head out to for sure? Well, there, of course, there's Side Launch Brewing Company, which is out in Collingwood. One of the fantastic thing, uh, little stories about that is that their wheat beer – was so famous. They used to be known as Denison's uh, back then, at least the brewer, Michael Hancock, was the owner of Denison's Brewing, uh, which I believe was formed in the 80s. And uh, he was actually commissioned by the Crown Prince of Bavaria uh, for his wheat beer. 
because it was wow. just so fantastic. Uh, number two is actually Folly Brew Pub and Burdock Brewing, which uh, they're actually both uh, fairly new brew pubs uh, to the city of Toronto. Uh, okay. They very easily become they very easily become the toast of the town. For Folly, I would suggest their Flemish Cap, which is just a really amazingly delicious, simple, done well beer. And uh, Burdock's West Coast Pilsner is just beautiful. Tooth and Nail Brewing is also a recent brewery, but they're out of uh, Ottawa. They've just been making some fantastic, fantastic beers, including a really good stout. Uh, I would very much suggest that. Bellwoods Brewery is definitely a Toronto-based um, sort of brew pub. Very sort of hipsterish high dining, which is rather nice. Uh, and mm-hmm. the beers are very experimental. You want some like definitely uh, wine-like characters in that, which are just fantastic. And Stone City Ales, which are out of Kingston, they actually have a really good Belgian wheat and a fantastic IPA that I really enjoy. Pretty amazing that you can turn, you know, that that passion for something that you discover into all that you've done with your columns, uh, thethirstywench.com, and, of course, now this great book, The Ontario Craft Beer Guide, uh, that you co-wrote with Jordan St. John. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. That is my guest, Robin LeBlanc. The book, once again, is The Ontario Craft Beer Guide. Coming up next on In the Country, I'll be talking with John Abrams from the Abrams about their brand new EP and the first single called Fine. In the Country with Dave Woods is the show where you learn how your favorite country singers got their start, who influenced them, and what their next big project is. And you'll always hear great country music and get the story behind the song. Dave has interviewed country legends like Ann Murray, Ronnie Millsap, and Joe Bonzel from the Oak Ridge Boys. If you like your country music up close and personal, then tune in to In the Country with Dave Woods. Dave really knows his country music and how to put each guest at ease. It's like a conversation between old friends. Every show airs live, but don't worry. If you ever miss one, it stays available online as a podcast. You can listen to it anytime at your convenience. If you love country music, you'll love In the Country with Dave Woods. Part talk, part music, all country. My pleasure to welcome to the show John Abrams from the Abrams. They have a brand new song out called Fine, which you're hearing on the radio. It's a great song, and there's also a really cool video that goes with it. Uh, They are part of Warner Music Canada, their self-titled EP, which is being released on May 20th, so be sure to head to iTunes to get it. My pleasure to welcome John Abrams to the show. Hey, John. Hey, Dave. It's great to talk to you again. This is awesome. I know, it's great to have you back. I was looking back, I know we talked once in 2011, around October, probably once since then, but it's been a while now, so it's great great to have you back on the show. You bet. Listen, we, we, when I saw your name on the list, I was excited to, to you know, give you a call or connect with you, because uh, it was great, uh, you know, just uh, thinking about that, actually, now. Uh, back in October 2011, we were, right around then, we were releasing our uh, Northern Redemption uh, music video, I think for our last record, and so it's nice to come full circle here with the with the new EP and get to reconnect with you again. So thanks a lot. You bet. And and speaking of the EP, you've got the sound we know from the Abrams before. Now this one, as you've described it, has a youthful energy to it, and it's got a different kind of sound. Tell me what we're going to hear differently from the Abrams on this EP. Well, definitely. I mean, you know, um, you know, James and I, we grew up playing a lot of bluegrass music, a lot of old country music, gospel music. That's really what we cut our teeth on ever since we were little kids. And, and uh, that's sort of the, the school of music that we grew up in. And we were very fortunate to do that. And, and we continue to share that tradition with our family. We're the fourth generation 
on the road touring, as you know. I know we've talked about that mm-hmm. before. And, yeah. and so for us to be able to, to uh, continue to, to carry on that tradition in, in our own ways is really a, a uh, you know, the, the constant goal for us. Um, of course, this is, I think this is year 15 on the road for James and I. So, um, you know, we carry with us a lot of stories, um, a lot of time spent on the road uh, all throughout Canada, the U.S., uh, Europe, UK, even Israel. And so we've, you know, many different cultures and different experiences we've been able to gather since we were little kids. And, and I think for us, um, you know, uh, this record really uh, tries to tie in the, our history uh, playing, you know, old time country music, bluegrass music, um, you know, growing up listening to the Leuven brothers and Jim and Jesse and Bill Monroe and, you know, Flat and Scruggs and these, you know, these classic sounds of Americana music, uh, you know, to, to, you know, to put the term to it. Um, and, you know, we're bringing these, this, this, uh, you know, these brother harmonies, this, uh, you know, playing this, this, uh, you know, entertainment and this performance aspect and, and bring it into a sound that we've really been able to, um, to carve out with our producer, Gavin Brown over the last couple of years. Let's talk about Gavin because he is, uh, the producer behind acts like a Billy talent metric three days, grace, and he's helped, of course, define and refine the sound of you guys. Tell me about Gavin and what he brought to the project. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Gavin's great. I mean, uh, you know, just, you know, those, that's the tip of the iceberg to the amount of diff- the amount of artists that he's worked with. And, of course, those are the, those are the big names. And it's, it's really uh, it's a testament to his success as a producer and, and his, uh, his ability to adapt. I think that's the thing with Gavin that we're so impressed by um, is that he, he can, he's so adaptable. And, and for him, I think... It really, uh, his philosophy seems to be about um, trying to uh, trying to create uh, a sound with the artist rather than for the artist. I think, you know, for Gavin, it's about being able to be that versatile and, and to be able to operate in those different genres. Uh, but at the same time, um, it's all about, for Gavin, it's all about bringing out the qualities that are already there. And so for James and I, you know, like I said, it's it's these harmonies, it's this a tradition of playing and, and, and this, you know, this tradition that grew out of the living room for us since we were children uh, that we carried into the studio with us a couple of years ago when we started working with Gavin and started writing songs. And, and uh, so this, this wonderful, you know, collaboration colliding of two worlds, you know, coming from old country and bluegrass. And then of course the pop rock world with, with Gavin, we were able to create a sound that we really feel is hugely representative of, of who we are, not just as musicians right now, but as people, um, James and I just spent the last couple of years on the road touring, playing throughout the U.S., particularly a lot of towns, you know, 2,000 people or less, uh, for the most part, playing community concerts down there. And um, it was a really amazing experience for us and a really enjoyable one. We got to meet so many different people and connect with so many different people we might, we might not have, uh, in, you know, in other tours. And, um, you know, a lot of these towns, and I shouldn't, shouldn't say just in the States, but in Canada, too, we have them as well. You know, some towns, they may be seen better years economically, um, but at mm-hmm. the heart, that community is still thriving. And, and I think that's the, the beauty of, of community and being able to come around and play music. Um, so, uh, you know, basically, you know, having toured and, and playing at these, a lot of the time, high school auditoriums, you know, stadiums, this classic look of Americana, the Midwest, you know, you've got rail yards, you've got, you know, uh, wheat fields, and, and, and literally just, we wanted to take with this record lyrically, and we wanted to capture not only the, the landscapes and the, and, the, and the people and the stories that we experienced down there, uh, but also just this, this sense of hope and optimism uh, that really 
uh, continues to thrive, um, even uh, you know amidst you know anywhere you go where might they might have economic turmoil, but keeps that heart of community. Um, and that was a big thing for us, a big inspiration for the record. Uh, and of course, it's about telling those stories and telling our own story, but at the same time, telling one that's universal enough that people in the audience, our fans, can go. Uh, you know, whether you're you know 65 year old man or you're you know, an 18 year old girl, it doesn't matter. You can mm-hmm. look at the song and go, I can see myself in that song. I know I identify with that. And that's a big part of the balance that we've been able to strike with Gavin. And you mentioned optimistic and that describes the song fine. It's a feel good song, makes you smile. It's catchy. And it's the uh, first single from the album, which is doing well at radio. Uh, how, how does that feel to have the song out and getting that radio airplay? It's amazing. It's it's a wonderful thing to to climb the charts. Uh, it's a it's a great feeling to have that kind of support. Uh, you know, we've always felt very supported, uh, certainly with Canadian country radio. Uh, you know, and that's where we've released the 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 song initially here. And 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 uh, honestly, um, you know, we've always felt this this kind of I don't know this kind of love. Uh, but but certainly being able to create a song uh, like and that just has that that uh, catchy quality that that uh, quality that kind of nags away at your memory, but at the same time yeah. uh, delivers a story that's got depth to it that, that, you know, again, that returning to that hope and optimism. James and I last summer, we just, we really wanted to write a song that, that, um, you know, made people feel good and, and made them smile, uh, whether they be sitting at an office uh, working as it yep. says in the song, a nine to five, then a five to nine, <laughs> which I think yeah. many of us have had to, had to pull at some point in our lives. Um, you know, for us, it was about trying to help people break out of the mold of, of, uh, of routine because life is not meant to be just, you know, sort of, uh, you know, routine through and, and for James and I, um, you know, we try and maintain that no matter what we do, uh, we play music on the road, but it's very easy even for us to lock into routine and just, and sort of just feel like you're going through motions. It doesn't matter what you're doing. And so for us, um, uh, fine was a bit of a release, uh, for us, uh, you know, from that that uh, sense of routine, but also, uh, you know, because it was a very different song that we've written in the past. But at the same time, we hoped to inspire that in the listeners that that you know, uh, you know, there's 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 reason to smile. There's reason to say, hey, everything's going to be fine, no matter where you are and what you're doing, and maybe what kind of work you're having to go through. Let's hear that song now, and you can get it at iTunes, and it's on the upcoming EP, self-titled from the Abrams. This is fine on in the country. Seven a.m. back to the grind, working nine to five, then a five to nine. Oh, but everything's gonna be fine, yeah. Everything's gonna be fine, yeah. I'm still stuck on Friday night with the radio up on the coastline driving. Everything's gonna be fine, yeah. Everything's gonna be fine. You're my Slow down, sundown, kick back on Monday When I can't stop thinking about you just 
I'm back to the grind, oh, but I don't care, cause I know you're mine, and everything's gonna be fine, yeah, everything's gonna be fine, when I'm going kinda crazy, you get me back on my lazy, you got me feeling like and fine a great new song from them here on in the country uh, be sure to head to their website theabramsmusic.com and man that song is so catchy and the video you shot is really cool too i was watching it and it, it's like birdman you know that great masterpiece of the movie <laughs> <laughs> maybe not you know yeah, it's sentence, exactly but, it no perfect i love sense, that well the way it was shot <laughs> the one take and i always wonder when people do one take i haven't seen a lot of people do that but how many takes did it get you did you have to go through to get it perfect from beginning to end? Well, first, <laughs> before I answer that, I have to say I'm, I am just graduating from Queen's University in film for my degree. And so for me to hear the Birdman reference is definitely a, uh, definitely a good pat on the back. <laughs> so thanks for that. Dave. I love that. Movie. Um, you got it. Yeah. Oh, it's great. I mean, and uh, I, you know, we, I could sit here and talk about, uh, about Lubetsky and his cinematography all day, but I won't, uh, I won't nerd out on, <laughs> on the cinematography right now. Um, but honestly, uh, you know, it was a really great experience. We, 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 um, we filmed it, uh, with Sean Michael Terrell. Sean uh, is an excellent director. Uh, he directed our Northern Redemption video, uh, back in 2011, last time we spoke. And, um, and it was so great because that, that, uh, that process back then, uh, it was just Sean coming down to Kingston and, you know, James and I, and uh, the band, you know, kind of getting together and, and, and doing, you know, uh, this, video guerrilla style five years ago for Northern Redemption. Very different experience. This time was wonderful. We had a huge crew, um, but Sean's, um, Sean's sense of collaboration, no matter how big the production might be, uh, is always there. He's one of the most patient uh, collaborative directors that we've worked with. And, and, it, and it was a really wonderful experience to be able to return to that. Um, and I got to say the amount of shots, uh, it was probably, we certainly practiced it a lot. I mean, um, uh, we, right. we did maybe 15 practice runs, you know, another 10 sort of like getting the shot. And then, and then we yeah. did five or eight different shots. And then we, that shot that is the one shot for the video was the last take of the day, 10 PM. Sean said, okay, guys, just, just empty the tank. But we've got yeah. the, cause we had a couple takes in the can already that, that, we were happy with that that felt right that felt what we thought were was perfect but then with this last take this energy that we just we we just had fun and that was that was the moment where we went nope that's the take because this captures the spirit of the song it's really again about letting go of thinking mm -hmm. too hard about it and and just having fun and 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 uh and that really 
ended up being this beautiful thing that happened for that last take that really did capture the song the best. And um, of course we shot it in this great old bowling alley in, uh, in the East end of Toronto. That's, that's uh, been closed for six years. It's a classic five pin Canadian bowling alley. And, uh, and it's, it's going to be gutted out and turned into a, um, a daycare actually. So, oh, so we were, we were like, Oh no way. And so anyway, we're glad that we, we captured this classic old, 50s style bowling alley in uh in in this video and it's and it's there forever that is so cool and our listeners can head to uh, youtube and the abramsmusic.com to check out that video and let's talk about influences because john i know that you have those great influences some of them you mentioned earlier who are the artists that inspired you as you were growing up and of course pursuing music oh absolutely um well certainly in the bluegrass years james and i grew up uh when we were little kids uh, listening to the uh, the Leuven brothers a lot, uh, and and you know uh, uh, I I always say not enough people uh, know about the Leuven brothers, and we, we're, it's constantly a, almost a personal mission of of ours to 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 uh, you know to 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 get the word out there. Of course, they they really did have a major impact on country music, and certainly they have a very large audience, no question. But but it's great to continue to see. Uh, we want to continue to foster younger generations listening to the Leuven brothers like we did. And, um, mm-hmm. and so, you know, um, it's that brother harmony that we were attracted to. And, and that's really what James and I started doing. I mean, when we, when we were little, I mean, we started playing fiddle violin when we were six and I was eight, just about nine years old. James was six. And, uh, but we were singing before that. And, and for James and I, we were attracted to, um, you know, those brother harmonies sitting in the, I, it almost doesn't sound real, but we were actually sitting in the, the backseat of our grandparents' station wagon. We'd be, you know, our, our nan and pop, they'd be taking us to swimming lessons uh, out in Sydney, Ontario. And, right. uh, you know, we'd be sitting back there and we, you know, had a tape deck in the, in the, in the station wagon and we were listening to uh, compilation tapes of, of the Leuven Brothers. And that's James and I sitting in the back seat learning how to sing harmony. That was a big part of it. That and Jim and Jesse McReynolds were a big uh, inspiration for us um, early on. And then uh, mm-hmm. I, I would say also growing up singing in church too and, and uh, singing um, old gospel hymns, uh, that really was a huge part of, of our development as musicians. And, and uh, you know, I always say Amazing Grace is probably the greatest hit of all time. I mean, it's, it's it, you know, hundreds of years mm-hmm. of generations of people singing that song all over the world. And, and uh and it's it's amazing those songs they how much they resonate and and touch the soul and and I think um, I think that really did the same thing for James and I growing up you know sitting in the living room singing with four generations four part harmony across four generations um, those are sort wow. of the I mean we have a lot of influences I, I mean I listen to so much different music but if we're going to talk yeah. about the genesis that was the that was the the foundation on which our music was laid for sure now with those strong country roots for you and James. To end up on the Opry, you know, the home and the mother church of country music. This was back in 2005. You guys ended up there. So we're talking, you were in your teens back then. Uh, yeah. and, and is it a fact here that you were you the youngest performers or the youngest Canadians on the Opry stage ever? We were the youngest Canadians to perform on the Gretel Opry for, I mean, Amazing. I think, you know, maybe eight or nine years. And then uh, 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 Lennon and Maisie, I think they've got the title right. now, well-deserved, okay. both incredible yep. singers. And, and uh, so I think they're now the youngest Canadians to perform the Grand Ole Opry. Um, but, uh, but that was something uh, that we, we uh, 
we're very fortunate to be able to say for, for I mean, a decade. Uh, and I yeah. mean, I can't believe it's, or almost a decade anyway, it's can't believe it. It's, uh, it's been 10 years this past October since then. Um, but an amazing experience. I mean, um, that is a vast understatement. Um, we were on stage with Mike Snyder, fantastic, uh, comedian, banjo player, oh, yeah. uh, singer, yeah. uh, and, uh, and he, he and his string band, um, they they're often good about getting uh, young people up to play with them uh, on stage, and, uh, and I'll tell you that I mean if, I'll tell you the story about how that came about. Um, sure. Because it's a it's a good one. Our our bus driver back um, back in those days, uh, Steve Jackson. He was a, a wonderful man, and he he drove our tour bus when we were uh, very young, and uh, he uh, was one of the kindest, gentlest souls that we'd ever known. And he got us down the road. Mm-hmm. He and his wife Ruth got us down the road to uh, everywhere in uh, all over North America in that bus. And um, Steve was diagnosed with cancer, and it it took hold pretty pretty quickly it wasn't long it was like it was about a year and um and he he always said the only thing he ever wanted to see before he passed away was us playing on the Grand Ole Opry and that he wanted to drive us up to the front doors of the Opry and um so uh, actually it was our mom Tanya uh she reached out to to uh, Mike Snyder knowing that he had done that mm-hmm. uh, quite a bit and uh and you know we sort of didn't think much of it I mean she sent the the message off and that was beautiful and then we sort of we sort of forgot about it for a little while and and um and then one day we get a, a note in the mail that uh that has it's written in sharpie all over this like it's like cardboard right <laughs> and and uh Mike says uh Mike, Mike says boys show up to the Opry on I think it was October 25th 2005 and play these tunes uh signed Mike Snyder and it was like that was the moment we thought okay we've We've made it. And while yeah. Steve wasn't able to drive us up to the door, um, he he uh, he was able to to know that we were on the Opry. Uh, he uh, he he watched it, and then um, he actually passed away a couple of weeks later. So it was it was a beautiful moment for us to be able to carry that uh, forward. Um, and honestly, I, I the whole time it was I always say it's the shortest and longest moment of my life on stage uh, because right. uh, it, you know we walked out on stage and we were with Mike Snyder in the back warming up and they started walking toward the stage and I thought we were just going out for a for a sound check and uh, I said to the mandolin player up front I said I said hey so we're heading out for sound check right he said no boys this is it and three seconds later <laughs> we were literally on the stage so he didn't have a chance oh. to James and I didn't have a chance to be uh, be yeah. nervous that's for sure and. Um, we played a, a, an old fiddle tune, and I made sure I had my left foot in this circle that was cut out of the old Ryman Auditorium, where you know Hank Williams and Patsy Cline stood. Um, it was a, it was a, an incredible moment, and it really did uh, propel our career to say, "Yep, this is what I think what we're meant to do." And and it's really part of the reason why we're still here today, to be honest with you, playing music. Incredible. And over the years, you guys have done some cool cover songs. The last time you were on, you had covered uh, Viva La Vida, the Coldplay song. Uh, I think you were getting some airplay on CMT with the video. Have you done some interesting covers like that since, so, you know, the kind of songs we might not expect from you guys? Yeah, you know, um, we uh, we certainly try and keep covers even in the show. You know, there, there's, a, there's a wonderful thing that happens when you adapt somebody else's music um, that, just, that just gets this 
uh, moment from the crowd. Uh, and, and we find a lot with country audiences, uh, you know, country fans are, are the greatest fans and they, and they're so, mm-hmm. uh, like there's such a, a broad range of, of, of what it means to be a country fan these days. And I think it's a, it's oh, an yeah. amazing thing to see. And, and we witness it more and more every year standing on stage, um, you know, at country festivals or country shows, uh, the diversity of people in the crowd is, is incredible. And, and uh, so we we have everything in our show from uh, you know EDM like we have we're just working up a Swedish house mafia song right now we do some Avicii uh, you know we we're we're working up you know, we and then we'll do of course we'll do classics as well we'll dig back in the old bluegrass and country catalog um, and and you know we we just try and we pull from from every uh, direction because I think there's a there's a um, a great thing about acoustic music and acoustic based music, I should say, because we have a full band with us on the road, um, that uh, it, it really is accessible to so many different genres. And mm-hmm. it's funny talking about EDM, like uh, actually the, 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 uh, the, the style and the, and the, the dynamics that that's what we find with electro dance music, the dynamics adapt really well into uh, country music. And um, so just as one example, that's a really quirky, sort of style of music we like to adapt and have fun with. Um, but man, you should see people go crazy for that kind of thing. Cause it's just, it's just pure energy. Right. So yeah. um, we, uh, we have a lot of fun. And of course the Coldplay tune, we still play as well. And, and uh, Viva La Vida has done very well for us over the years. Great song. And uh, we were, we were fortunate to have the band support years ago on that song. And, and so we, uh, we certainly play it and, um, and uh, it's a, it's a, it's a fun thing to be able to, to cover tunes like that. Well, John, I'd love to share another song off the EP, John and James Abrams, the AbramsMusic.com, and, of course, at iTunes. Now, can you, uh, the EP, of course, is brand new. Can you pick out another song we could share here on the show? Yeah, you bet. You know what? Why don't, uh, why don't you play Champion? I think that, uh, that one sort of talks a lot it's lyrically about what we've discussed in the show so far. Awesome. Let's uh, play the song. We'll come back and uh, talk about a few more things with my guest, John Abrams. This is Champion from the Abrams on In the Country.
brand new music that is called champion you'll find that on their self-titled ep uh, which will be available on may 20th at itunes and at all the great record stores out there and of course the uh, single that's getting played on the radio now is called fine which is so catchy and uh, tell me a bit about champion and the writing behind that one john well that that song really we we wanted to capture that that feeling of of uh, finishing out, I mean, the summer really acts as a, as a metaphor for for the you know like the uh, a passionate uh, relationship or or a uh, or like a, a new relationship, if you will, um, and it's often used. Uh, but we we wanted to capture something um, that we hadn't heard very often, and 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 that that um, that sort of sentiment that you're going to continue to. Uh, to be there for the person, you know, after the summer's done, rather than necessarily just talking about mm. a summer love, we wanted to we wanted to talk about the fire continuing to burn after that. And and for us, uh, champion became this this metaphor. This especially uh, playing a lot in the last couple of years um, in in high schools, um, you know, uh, right near uh, old football and 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 uh, uh, baseball stadiums uh, for at these you know concerts that we play in small towns. Um, you know, we just we we would drive by these uh, rustic uh, stadiums and think, what stories do these do these bleachers have to tell? You know, and and uh, and for us, um, you know, the idea of being someone's champion, uh, you know, even after the season's over, doesn't matter if you've won or lost. It doesn't matter how it's gone. Um, we uh, we tried to pack all that that sentiment in that that you know you know the the singer or or the speaker of the song will continue to be a champion for that other person. And, and that could mean, you know, for, for your, you know, your love, it could be for your family. It mm-hmm. could be for, for uh, somebody who, who you care for that you need to, you need to stand up and be there for. And, uh, and I think, I think that was uh, a really nice moment for us. James and I really loved that song. We loved writing that, that song together. That's awesome. And uh, John, you mentioned earlier about film. And so what is this? You're studying film. Yeah, so I've I've taken a, a about eight years to do a you know a three or four year degree at Queens. So you know James, James and I continue yep. to to finish up our our schooling and and um, and you know we 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 always take you know we'll take a year and we'll go touring. James will do correspondence. I'll take a year to tour. You mm-hmm. know we'll sort of come back in and out. And and honestly, uh, it's been an amazing uh, experience for us. I, I think uh, we've always maintained that that our education. Uh, is not mutually exclusive uh, uh, from from our touring and music life. In fact, I find they complement. You know, like uh, being able to constantly read and write at school allows us to be able to to pour into our creativity 
musically and then also just the work ethic that we we build from yeah. you know touring hard on the road it definitely helps out when you when, when you're down to crunch time at school so <laughs> uh, so just wrapping up now and I'm, i've got graduation coming up in june here and uh and a great class of people that i've been able to graduate with very talented people who are, you're gonna see their names no doubt and uh oh, that's and awesome. I'm, uh, I'm very very yeah i'm excited and of course making movies is is a passion of mine just as a hobby but yeah i direct films and and um uh, you know, it's a, it's a really, uh, enjoyable pastime for me. It's a, I, I need a creative outlet, you know, even though we're mu- mm. musicians, you know, like you still need something yep. that you can kind of just do on the side. And, and, um, so, uh, of course it also pours into, um, pours of course into our, um, you know, music videos and that sort of thing. So yeah. it's, it's really, um, it works together, but, uh, yeah, I have a lot of fun with it. I've got a good network of people. Uh, even my wife, she, she does some acting in the, in the films and, and helps out as well. And, oh, and, uh, cool. it's a, it, yeah, it's a great, it's sort of, uh, it's an, it's a new tradition, if you will. And I think that's the, the thing for James and I, it's always been about tradition and, and, uh, it's our, the thing our mom and, and dad have always held dear. And our mom has always said, Hey guys, we're starting a new tradition. Every, you know, we might have like dinner on a Wednesday night, you know, at the fire. Oh, it's a new tradition, you know, and for us, uh, you know, you know right. uh, for me making movies, it's another Why tradition not? to start. And, and, and that's yeah. the thing for us, right? So when you go to a movie, John, uh, you know, a lot of us will leave a movie and give a couple of comments on it, but you can probably talk about the director and the kind of shots he used and you can really give a good review of it, I'm sure. Well, you know, that that's why you should probably never go to the movies with me. Uh, my, uh, my wife, Alex, she actually has, uh, has uh, she makes me write notes down instead of my phones so that, so that I can talk to her after the movie's done. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, it, it, you know, I just, I'm, um, it's, it's one of my, uh, my hobbies for sure. And like, you know, I, uh, I, I, to keep up on the news very much so, but I, I end up being the worst guy to go see movies with because I'm just reaching over and sort of elbowing you saying, Hey, that person was uh, directing so-and-so and like all this trivia, right? Nobody wants to hear it. Obviously nobody wants to hear it. <laughs> oh, that's, I love all that kind of stuff. That's cool. And, uh, and movies. And uh, do you have a favorite movie of all time, which is hard oh. to nail down, but one that, you know, that's just like, wow, it's your go-to movie. That's a, it's a very difficult question, but I do have to give a, a great deal of credit to to Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings trilogy back in high school. And that, and that, for me, um, uh, watching how they made those films and how they really did uh, uh, fundamentally change cinema in so many ways um, going forward. Uh, that, I remember watching the documentaries behind those films and saying, uh, I want to do that. I, like I, I looked at it going, I totally want to do that. I want to take part in that. I want to go to school for that. And, and so um, I have a lot of movies. I mean, Oh Brother, Art, that was a big one for me because, of course, the soundtrack, right. the first songs James yeah. and I ever sang were off the soundtrack of a brother art thou and you know big rock candy mountain uh keep on the sunny side i'll fly away those are the first songs james and i ever sang together and uh and so that that film has a huge impact so you know i i again mm. i can sit here all day and i won't but uh <laughs> but those are two those are two big pieces for me oh brother art thou and the, probably the lord of the rings trilogy for sure awesome John, thank you so much for being here, man. It's been great talking music and movies with you. And, of course, the EP, the self-titled EP is out there now. Uh, sorry, the self-titled EP will be available in a couple of days. And I wish you all the best with that. And, of course, the success of Fine is just awesome to hear about. Thanks so much, Dave. I really appreciate your time, as usual. My pleasure. My guest has been John Abrams of The Abrams. You can uh, check them out at theabramsmusic.com. I'm Dave Woods, and that will wrap up this edition of In the Country.